Good morning. It is so good to see everybody. Y'all know I'm smiling because it's sunny. Um, so for those who don't know me, my name is Antramika Knight, and I have the pleasure to welcome you this morning um, to River City. Um, it has been a very good weekend for us. We had Love Smyrna yesterday, and yes, and we'll be able to hear more from those who participated um, and those who were blessed by it later in the service. Um, each service we start by reading something from the Psalms, which is a part of the lectionary, and it's a way we connect with churches all across the world who are also um, reading through the lectionary and um, praying through it. And today is the Psalms 146, Psalm 146, and it says, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life. Do not put your trust in princes and mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those who help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. By the way of the wicked, he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. If we pray now. Father God, thank you that you are so precious and holy, that you are perfect and you are omnipresent. Thank you, Father God, that we can put our hopes and dreams and prayers. Thank you that you are our confidant. Father God, we pray for those who are visiting River City today. We pray for those who are members here. And Lord, we pray for those who are seeking. May this service, Father God, bless them as we draw them closer to your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the things that I love about this space is uh, prayers of the people is that it allows us to acknowledge the grief and the brokenness that we experience every day that's around us. And it gives us permission to acknowledge that. And it also gives us permission to speak life and declare that there is more beyond the grief and the brokenness. And so for several of us in this room, we have the opportunity to both grieve our own personal loss, but also acknowledge and remember a saint like Dr. Johns talked about because someone that our community has been praying for for years is with Jesus this morning and she lived a life and loved Jesus in such a way that many people know him more and felt welcomed with Jesus because of how she welcomed them into her home 
And so prayers of the people create space for whether that's where you're sitting or you're coming to this place with another grief or another heaviness. Prayers of the people says, come and speak of that burden and speak of that weight and then let us also celebrate that there is more. Let us also be grateful for the fact that Jesus is in in it and is the end of the story and is victorious. And so this morning is actually Celebration Sunday and I am going to be both praying the prayers of the people from our community and testifying of God's goodness. And I'm not ignoring the grief of our own personal loss here on earth for some of us. But I am invited into the recognition that as we were singing in worship this morning, that Wanda was with Jesus and heard the praises and is more alive and more free and more healed than she's ever been. And that is a beautiful tension that we get to live in while we are on this side of earth. And so whatever that is, whether you new Wanda or you're coming in because you are feeling so broken at work or lack of work or because finances are too much or because you feel alone or because depression and anxiety just feels too heavy this is a safe place to lay it at the feet of Jesus and it's also a safe place to know that Jesus will embrace you with all that he has And he will remind you again and again that he loves you and he is for you and he is faithful to hold our biggest griefs and our heaviest burdens. And there will be a day like I get to do today where I get to look physical representation of the fact that the white souls are standing in this room, people we have prayed for. They are a testimony of God's goodness. We have prayed for them and they're physically standing in this room and have a home in Marietta, Georgia. That took, that was a month, 10 months of our body praying to see God work on their behalf and they are here. So we get to hold the both and. And what a privilege it is. And so God, I thank you. I thank you that this morning that we got to worship you and that we got to worship alongside Wanda as she is in your presence. And we also get to lay at your feet our own grief, our own loss. Whatever that loss is, whatever that burden is, we get to lay it at your feet. are both a God that is near to the weary and the brokenhearted and the God that says it's not the end of the story and I thank you for that and so we thank you for Wanda we thank you for the life that she lived we thank you that we as a River City community have the opportunity to be impacted by her faith that there are literally thousands of other people who know you better and know you differently because of the faith that she walked in. We honor her as a saint and the faith for many. Thank you for 
for me personally. Thank you. I thank you that the Whitesells are here this morning. I thank you that they are a physical reminder of your te- of a testimony of your faithfulness and your sovereignty, not just in their life, but in my life and in the life around lives around us. I thank you that Love Smyrna happened yesterday and it didn't just happen, but it happened and it went beautifully and smoothly and there are people that we got to connect with and love on and and that is only because of you. I thank you that churches came together for the sake of one purpose and that was for loving you well and loving your kingdom well. I thank you for City View and I thank you for Tillman House for their willingness to say yes St. Benedict's, thank you, thank you, thank you for the testimony of their yes as a reminder that you are good and faithful and sovereign. God, we ask that we would feel both safe to release our burdens crawl into your lap and be hugged by you and hear you whisper to each of us in the midst of our burden and our chaos and in the darkness and lonely and grief I love you and I am faithful and good and sovereign my kingdom is here and I am coming again will proclaim and declare your goodness until that happens. So we ask in this moment, in this room, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to be really honest with you as I start the tension I'm dealing with. I feel a desire to celebrate what happened at Love Smyrna, and I'm also recognizing that there is a very tangible sense of grief in the room. And it's not just related only to Wanda passing on, but there are others in the room who are carrying grief, large amounts of grief. And I just want you to know that I, I feel like as the body of Christ is present together, we can have a spirit of celebration and we can also be aware that there is grief that happens in life. And I just want you to know that you're seen. I feel the grief that many of you are carrying. I would like to be a part of it. And so just for a moment, just for a moment, if you feel in any kind of way that you might be able to just recognize that that's possibly me, I would just like to acknowledge you and pray for you. So if, if you don't want to raise your hand, of course, please don't. But if you would like, just for prayer for a moment, just lift your hand for us if you're experiencing grief today. Okay. Okay. So let's just pray together. Just take a moment as the body. I'll, I'll just pray and you can pray and it'll be great. Jesus, you're, you're with the body. You actually said that as, G, as, as you were passing along, you would leave us the presence of the Spirit, which the Spirit to me represents the fruit. It represents so much, but it represents your tangible presence within a body. And so we ask you today that that would be realer than it's been, that you would be near. For those of us that need to weep, we just need some space to weep. 
Give us people around us that can receive that. For those of us that need to remember the good things, the, the celebratable things, we ask that you give us the grace to do that. And for those of us that need to even grieve in the ways that are hard and don't seem redeemable, just grieving the hard parts of loss and grieving, help us to create space, God. And just like as Jacob wrestled with you, he came away with a new name and a limp. I kind of feel that today as, as we're together that, yeah, you're, you're where our blessing comes from. We know what he knew. And whether we feel it or we don't, you're the God who gives us a new name and that gives us the kind of burden that we have to carry in life because we're here on earth and we will be here on earth. So help us to wrestle with both today and help us to see the people that need to be seen. Help us to step out of ourselves even to mourn with people. Help our prayers to look more like your prayers, not just our desires. I thank you that you even say, God, you, it's, so, it's so clear we miss it. You're close to the brokenhearted. And, it, and you're not just close to when we decide that you'll be close, but you're already close. So if you're in this space today and you're in grief or you're in pain or you're sick in body, there's a, just an awesome promise that God is near you. God is for you. And it doesn't matter if everybody in the room believes it or if you believe it. That's what's happening That's who he is. That's the God that we serve. He's with and for those who are broken in spirit. You're actually in the best possible place to receive from him. So as, as you knock, Father, let us be open to the invitations you would have to bring us into into being redeemed in the ways we need to daily, not just a one-off. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and hallelujah. So. We're going to continue on. I'm going to read you a psalm in a second, but first I want to share with you the pots, just continually. Our pots are our prayers of the season. These are the things we collectively as a body pray for. Like Dr. John said last week, she's simple in a lot of ways, but every word she speaks to me is like, and she was a seminary professor for me. She, She talked about how our prayers, after they're prayed, they don't have like a shelf life. It's not like you finish the drink and it's done. But those prayers live forever. So even prayers that saints prayed thousands of years ago are still reverberating throughout eternity. That to me is like, okay, I need to sit. Like, because it's not just dependent on what we've prayed. There's prayers happening now. There's answered prayers happening now that have been prayed for generations. And our prayers kind of go in with that and commingle. So this is our prayers of the season. This is what we've decided as we listen for God, what should we pray about in the next season? And so these are the six things. We've already talked about many of them. Next week, we're going to talk about racial reconciliation. Then we're going to circle back and talk a little bit more about um, a culture, hearts that serve. But I just want to do a real quick thing. So it doesn't really help if you're not understanding where we're going. And I know that repetitive can, can help. So spiritual formation. I'm just going to call on a few people who I know would not care. <laughs> So, Jonathan, you're first. <laughs> what do you think we've been saying about spiritual formation? Yeah, what, what, what do you think we're praying? This is, this is a nightmare for you, right? <laughs> Jason, you have, you've been here for one week. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready. I'm, it's built up. First of all, Jason, you look good. 
praying for internal transformation that also leads to external communal communal transformation through yep. ETS groups, through all of it. Yeah. Do you want me to go into the specific books we're reading? Or? <laughs> no, thank you, sir. All right, so we have hearts that serve. Anybody want to give a stab at what we've been saying about hearts that serve? Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Anyone? You have it right here? Okay. Young, young man in the back, come up front. It's old school church. I think that's increasing our volunteerism. Volunteerism? Yeah. Having our hearts to serve the church that we attend. That's very good. A++ for you, sir. All right, so looking outward, we've talked a little bit about, we've actually talked a lot about this one. Anybody feel like you want to give a stab at this one? Anyone? Anyone? I'm talking into two mics right now. It's Josh Concentrate coming right at you. Anyone? Hearts that serve. Heart, or no, this, was, this is looking outward. Kara, you got it. Yeah. This is your nightmare. You are on staff, though, so you, you need to be able to answer this. Looking outward. Uh, looking outward, it would be our prayer that the formation that's happening inward within the walls of this church do not end when we leave this building, but that we then walk into our communities and our neighborhoods and love the way that Jesus did. Amen. A plus, plus, plus. Um, racial reconciliation we haven't talked about yet, but Sarah, would you like to give a stab at what we're praying here? <laughs> That you only do to your wife. <laughs> um, no, I'm passionate about this. So um, just basically um, being the church when it comes to um, unity and diversity. And so really modeling and also pursuing just, just reconciliation, even past that, just pursuing what the God intended for the world to look like. And that is us as brothers and sisters and um, there being equity for all in all ways and um, us honoring each other in diversity. Good job, Sarah. Culture of generosity. Anyone want to do this one? Are you raising your hands for this? Get it. <laughs> Julia Finner. Julia Finner. <laughs> is, Chris, is it a Chris-Julia combo or is it? <laughs> Just say it from there. That's awesome. I said, I said culture of generosity, she went like this. That's amazing. Yeah, many people don't know that most of our staff is part-time, some extremely part-time. Um, so I really appreciate you seeing that. Thank you. You just gave me a, a wink. She went. All right, I like it. All right, next one is um, next generation investment. So anybody want to give a stab at this one? Nancy? Come up. Just come up. You're close enough to come up. I, she had the look like I'm not coming up, so I didn't. It's not necessary. Uh, next generation investment, sewing into our kids, sewing into not just the high school or college or middle school or elementary or toddlers, but sewing into all of them because they are the next generation. They are the ones that carry what God is depositing in us 
And we can read in scripture where generations of the Israelites went really off because they did not remember, because they had not been told what God had done. And that's what we need to do so the next generation serves at a higher level than we are. Everybody did so good. You guys are learning all kinds of stuff. So today we're going to look a little bit farther into looking outward. And so I'm going to just read this pot. So each pot has a corresponding prayer that we all are praying together and pressing into. This one is this. Lord, we are grateful for the opportunities we've had to support local and global outreach. Opportunities and pray global. Is this right? Lord, so I'm going to start over. It never works for me. We are grateful for the opportunities we've had to support local and global outreach opportunities and pray for wisdom to discern which opportunities you would have us to say yes to in the future. We pray that our body would seek a connectedness to needs in our city and seek partnerships to empower us to practically be the hands and feet of Jesus. This makes sense to everybody? So one of the ways we did this was yesterday at Love Smyrna. Just a real quick, I just need to share my thankfulness uh, to many of you. It's the first event we've done where we had too many volunteers. And so I, I see that as an amazing thing. So at the beginning, I told you a success for this would not be the amount of people that came, but that we are choosing something together and also that we are partnering with other churches, which helps us to be a non-competitive presence in our city and also celebrate the other ministries and what they're doing. We had multiple churches show up. I personally had deep conversations with pretty much every church. So St. Benedict's City View, which is a church plan of about 20 people that are starting over at Rome the space, not the city. Um, a lot of confusion there, but I get it. You know, it's a, a name of a city, and it's so anyway. So, but I also want to highlight that there were staff. So, Bill, Kara, Tina, Shannon, Becca, uh, Mariah was running a race, so that was amazing that she did that. She'd been planning for six months. Uh, Jessica, um, myself, I'm a staff member. So, I I just want to say that. You guys did a really good job, and I had less involvement in the leadership of it than I have historically, and it was, it was great. So you, you should give it up for your staff. So many stories about connectedness, so many stories about how we were building kinship and not just there to be the people who give towards a need, but understand that it's humanity with humanity, and we have something to offer one another. It's a really beautiful thing. And so a lot of fruit came from it. At the end of the service today, there's going to be a moment or two or three for you to share what you, almost our song of celebration. Like, what is our song of celebration about what God did? And we're going to give you guys the space to do that. But first, I'm going to read you a halal psalm or a psalm of praise, Psalm 146. It's one of the last five psalms, and it's a psalm that would have been read in the synagogues daily this whole collection of scriptures. People would, and each of these songs would, would start with a praise and end with a praise. So that's why they're probably called praise psalms. And it was actually a song as well. And so it's a part of the scripture, especially a part of the literature here that talks about how a, how a, how a human responds to a creator God. And so this might 
trigger you in some way. I hope it doesn't. I feel very liberated into, into Jesus, into wanting to worship him, but not just worship in song. Like, I think that's a limiting view of what worship is. I know that to be true because even as I was talking to my brother yesterday from St. Benedict's, he said, I was explaining who Becca was, because every time anybody hears Becca's voice, they're like, good Lord, how gifted is one person? And she's gifted like that, right? And I was like, oh, she's our worship coordinator. And he was like, so she coordinates all of your everything for Sundays? And I was reminded at that point, oh, and in our kind of movement, worship is specific towards the song portion, but typically, historically, worship represented every part of a service, because it would have been seen to be that important, right? There's something significant about song. There's definitely something significant about singing together, worshiping together, praying together. That unity part, something happens, we've heard Becca say, actually in our mental makeup when we're singing together. But worship to me is so much broader than just a thing that happens for 30 minutes or an hour, depending on, or two hours, depending on what denomination you're a part of on a Sunday. It involves all of life. And so this is a worship psalm or a halal psalm, and I want to read, read it to you. God, just help me read this without jumping over my words. I don't know why I struggle with that, you know? I'm going to sing it. That's helpful. Thank you. I don't, hear a, I, I don't hear a melody, though, you know? It's good. It's good. Pray for the spirit of, uh, what's his name that wrote Justin Bieber's songs? No, spirit of Ed Sheeran. No, we're gonna move on because this is off the off the tra- off the rails. But I love it. Okay, all right, here we go. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphans and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. And there it is again. Praise the Lord. Close your eyes with me just for a moment. Jesus, I just want to say thank you for the Holy Scriptures that are a gift, and they've been a gift to the church throughout the centuries. And however way we all approach that, and if some of us are kind of dealing with our struggles with the tensions in it, I pray that these would be lively oracles today, that they would be very much scriptures that not only we read, but read us. Pray that we would be read by your word today, that we would be open to how you're moving in the word and that you would come and cut through all of the things so that we can receive it. Plant it deep within us, God, especially this. In your name we pray, amen. So give me about 15 minutes. Um, This psalm starts with praise, but interestingly enough, he's actually 
He's giving himself a pep talk. This is a personal pep talk where he's asking himself to praise. So he's driving himself in a place of praise, and he's saying, praise the Lord. One of the, one of the commentaries talks about that he's actually using a primal way to do this. It's almost like a shout, and the word hallelujah wouldn't have been like, hallelujah, but it would have been like drawing in himself to a place where he's being loud with it. So just for a moment, we're going to say the word hallelujah, and we're going to say it like we're primal, and we're going to scream it. It's only count of three. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. All right, we're try one more time. Let's beat it. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Oh, to my soul. So he's speaking to himself. It reminds me of a song we've been singing lately, which I've actually loved the lyrics of it. I, I'm like Dr. John's, I have to be honest. I love songs that are more corporate, that involve words like we, that involve the whole body, that draw us out of ourselves and into the community. But this song is, I think, by Brandon Lake, and it says the words that just stay with me. It talks about him speaking to his own soul, and he says, so come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your voice, lift up your song. You have a lion inside of those lungs. Come on and praise the Lord. Get up and praise the Lord. Calm down, it's okay. So this is, this is him redirecting himself. And he's redirecting himself into worship. So what, what is worship? And for here it's actually song, but worship forms us. So this is so important. This is so important for who we are as a church body in America, especially right now. Worship forms us, and consistent worship, and I mean the whole thing forms us. What we worship forms us. So if you're consistently at the feet of something that's not Jesus, whether it's, we talked about in a group this week, when we read this psalm together, we did a Lectio Divino on it, and when it came to princes, one of the people in our group said, I see princes as maybe like an iPhone. I was like, I didn't think about that at all. What, what we spend the most time on. So when we talk about worship and we talk about coming into a place like this, we sing songs together. We take communion together. We listen to prayers of the people together. We hear the story of the gospel in some way together. This is forming us. It's what, it's what Nancy was talking about, that for whole generations in Israel, they forgot that this was important. And people started doing what they thought was best for themselves. And what doing what they thought was best for themselves ended up looking like was entire generations stepping away from the story of God. So when we talk about the narratives that happen within this space, it's important because our worship forms us. All of those things that we do form who we actually are. So when I sing a song 150 times, and it, I think we're getting close to the doxology, right? Like, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. This is forming us. We sing this every week now, and that is because God is first, we are his, and everything comes from him. It's forming us over and over and over again. And he's redirecting himself because he's talking about, in a few moments, a choice. There will be some, and I imagine he's even speaking to himself, that will choose to trust in princes, that will choose to trust in positional leadership or power or something that might offer some form of refuge that's not actually a refuge. Actually, I'm scared to say this. Should I say it? Ah, I don't know. I'm going to say it. 
I was talking to somebody this last week. Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> a port. A port. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. No, I'm going back in. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> I do want to say it so bad. I'm not going to say it. What we trust in. What we trust in. So many diversions today. The TARDIS just landed on the building, if anybody watches Doctor Who. <laughs> so, so if we trust in princes, we don't typically know we're trusting in princes. We don't. Many people in this room are still trusting in the promise of what maybe a position would offer you if you could get it. Or trusting possibly in what maybe more finance would bring you if you had it. Or trusting possibly in someone that is offering something and they don't have to look like the president. It can just be a human that's getting too much of your attention. But they're seated in the space where God is supposed to be seated. And this is what this psalm is saying is that's generational trust. And maybe you're seeing something like Bitcoin, which is not necessarily a bad thing, and that's what I was going to talk about, so I'm already back in it, but, or finance, or wealth, or stocks and bonds, and these things offer some type of security, but it's not the enduring type of security that Yahweh offers through Jesus. That's the kind of security that does not just stop when someone passes along. So when we're praising and redirecting ourselves to say, sing hallelujah, we're not singing about what's being offered just in this generation. Whether it's a political party we like or don't like or one that we think is coming or not coming or a person or a system or a, or a plan, all of those things have the potential to then take you outside of the trust and the actual sustenance of the true God. And that's the God of Jacob, right? That's, and that's so confusing to me. Why is he mentioning the God of Jacob or the God of, why did he not say the God of Israel? And maybe some translations say that, but God, the God of Jacob is the one that wrestles with man. The God of Jacob is like, that's a scary night. You come out not winning with a new name. Yeah, and you're done. And, you know, this, so this kind of turns our Christianity and what we think about how we pray and when we pray what we should get into more dependence than here's exactly what's going to happen. Because I think at the heart of prayer is an admission, a humility. I'm definitely not God, and I need him, and however he decides to bless me is good, right? Can you bring up the quote really quickly? I hope it's the right one, you know what I'm saying? We are confident that God, see, see this is what I want. I'm going to say this. We're not going to be a church, and I'm not going to be a person that's like scared to pray specific prayers, God's going to answer specific prayers. I don't get to tell him exactly what to do, but he is, when we pray, he answers. You can put a big, fat exclamation point on the end of that. I believe that. I also believe that I am 44 years old, and I'm not even the smartest person in this room. I'm not even close. So I don't get to tell him, but I do trust that when I pray a prayer, God heal Wanda. You don't think he's wanting to do that? Whether we see it on this side of eternity or see her in heaven, we're all dancing around. He is going to answer. We don't choose exactly how. So here's the quote. We are confident that God will heal us in body, mind, and spirit. We are assured that God will be there to lift us up when we fall, steady us when we stumble, and care for those among us who cannot care for themselves, the stranger, the orphan, and the lonely. 
We are not told specifically how God will meet these needs for us, and there is no guarantee that the answers to our prayers will be what we expect. Another of the surprises of divine providence. God does not hesitate to use us, ourselves, to answer our own prayers. For not all the wonders of God will break in blessings on our head. God moves in mysterious, I'm sorry, God does not promise in every instance to change the thing for us. Sometimes we are changed for things. That's so good. And a large part of our faithfulness is the wisdom to perceive the difference. God is faithful, period. It's so interesting to me. We don't do this. This is a praise psalm. And he goes into the way God is just, not for himself. You can pull up this list. I'm going to jump around a little bit. So we don't, what do you want to praise God for today? We're going to say things, and they're not bad. Thank you, God, for making me not an idiot on the sidelines at my son's game. Like, that's a real prayer. I'm still hoping he answers. Uh, Thank you, God, that we as River City had this last month enough money to pay what we have to pay for. Thank you, God, that somebody like, um, that'd be a real prayer. Julia Finner stood up and fought for that prayer. Thank you for love, Smyrna. Thank you that mine and Sarah's relationship is getting even deeper after 17 years of marriage. This prayer, so listen to this. His, if he's, he's redirecting himself to a deeper kind of praise. I'm <laughs> a God that executes justice for the oppressed. It's not even including himself. This is really kind of sneaks by us how deep this actually is. This person's praise goes well beyond anything he's receiving. And his sustenance for being able to continue in life has nothing to do with how he's receiving it. I'm not saying it's bad to pray that. I'm saying that's just not enough. That's a too confined God. This is the God that is doing that. He's doing that. He's doing that. This God is doing this for the oppressed whether I'm caught up or not. This, this messes with our theology because we need to step in for sure. Like the reason we're doing racial reconciliation as a prayer is because we have to step into this. But we can be certain. He's doing these things already. So when I show up to the scene, I'm not actually savior ever. I'm just kind of cluing into what's happening in these arenas. For the prisoners, yeah. I don't have to come up with a strategy or a plan. Sometimes that might happen. He's already doing that. And for this to be the basis of praise, right? He's the God that is doing these things. He's giving food to the hungry. He's opening the eyes of the blind. And those are metaphors and real. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He watches over strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. And strangely enough, brings the wicked to ruin. This is a God that's known deeper than just what you've felt in the last week. This is the kind of God we have to step into serving. Because there's going to be days when you hear that somebody died. And there's going to be days when you're celebrating all that God did through a miraculous healing. You're going to see somebody actually physically healed, like Dr. Johns talked about last week. But in the end, God is these things, whether or not those things are happening or not. And he asks us to step into a space because if we can worship the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham and Isaac, who is Jesus, happy are those who do that. So orienting yourself to this first and this kind of God actually affects your whole life. To me, this is why I want to be a pastor. God first. 
I don't think you have to take justice over here and you have to take spiritual over here and you have to separate them. I think it's like this. I think it looks like a deeply formed individual whose whole life is not built on percentages of when they worshiped God and when they did work. Like, what if all percent of your week was worshiping God? And what does worship look like? What do the righteous look like? According to this, the righteous are those who are not wicked, are the ones who believe those things about God and are stepping into them with them. Can you actually bring up this quote? This might stir a little bit in you. That's okay. I love you all, right? Like, I love you. The righteous one works tirelessly for justice, giving food to those who are hungry, setting free those who are bound, healing the blind, watching over strangers, and upholding those who are most vulnerable in the world, the orphan and the widow. The wicked are those who do not cooperate in the mending of the world. That's the TARDIS. Does not sound just like the TARDIS? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. The wicked are those who do not cooperate in the mending of the world. Listen to this last, last line. They always prioritize their own interest and go back to the beginning. Worship here is being shown as a God who is doing these things and not just something I do with God. It's not just me and God. And you can actually know your worship is off if it's only you and God. Because it wasn't meant just for you and God. Right? That's the body of Christ. Literal. Don't overthink that. Think body of Christ. Or the, the, body, the actual body of Christ. We're called that. That's a, that's a... All the fingers don't go over there. All the feet don't go over there. All the eyes don't go over there. All the other parts, you know what I'm talking about, don't go over there. They're all in this room. And so we do these things together. We hear together. We love, there's another part of this, wasn't there? Yep. Yeah, and I, I was going to see if you guys read it. Who read it? Raise your hand. You guys failed. I'm just kidding. So um, this psalm ends with praise again from all generations. So today I'm going to ask you a couple things, and then I'm going to give some space for testimony. I just want you to be honest about where your trust might be. So, trusting God looks like not, so this is where I, I, I was, trusting God looks like reading that list of how God loves those things and not seeing them happening in the world like they could be, but still knowing God is working, even if I don't sense or see it. Trusting God is knowing that I pray this prayer, I, I would say probably a thousand times that I would not fall into the trap of comparison, and then shame myself, which I choose to do over and over again. But praying it so much and trusting, even though I'm not sensing or feeling that real time yet, God is answering that, and however he wants. Trusting God is, is not seeing yet what's coming. Trusting God is believing he heals in whatever way he wants. Trusting God is knowing that he's, as soon as I die, that's not the end of God. Trusting God are all of these things that are so much bigger. And I think that's what we're being invited into. And so, so this praise is about praise that's bigger than just what we want or need. It's about looking outward and the people of Jesus, if they're the people of Jesus, are always looking up and worshiping and redirecting their focus to God, being oriented by him, and always with eyes to see what's happening in the world. And if we choose to not see what's happening in the world, 
Is it worship? A friend of mine is writing, wrote a book called Is It Worship? Is it worship if we only do this stuff together and then we forget about all this stuff happening? Is it worship if I'm sitting in the same room with people who are literally crying inside, grief-stricken, and I celebrate God all day long and don't even ask how they're doing or sit with Him? Is it worship, right? Is it worship if I only care about helping people but have never thought about God? There's the other side of that. People are like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Jesus, Yahweh, God, we want to be a church that's submitted to you in whatever way that looks like. Help us to fall deeply in love with you so that our hallelujah would not be one that's forced. But even in the times when it feels forced, you're worth being praised. Even if we haven't caught up to it yet, you're worth being praised. So what would our song be today? Our song would look like if I wrote a song today, because that's what this is, it's the song he's singing to remind himself why it's important to be formed by God and to stay steady in God and to trust God over princes or anything else, trust God over anything, what would our song today be like? And I want to give some space to kind of write a song together about Love Smyrna. And so if you would like to, I'm going to pray first. It's so similar to the TARDIS. It's freaky. I'm going to pray first, <laughs> and I thank you, Jesus, because we'll just admit you're worth it right now. So, so who is Jesus, right? Jesus came from his high place, became human, God incarnate, to then clear a way for us to have access to God. He is the in-between, but he's also the with He's right, like he's the heir, like Aranos, like we've talked about in, in our groups. Like he's the heir. But Jesus now is this guiding post, Christ, and who Christ is and what he's done. It's worth discussing over and over again. So we say yes and hallelujah to you, Jesus. You're worth being praised. And even if many of us came from traditions that only do it this way, or we should be singing a lot more. That's where, you know, all of these things that we bring to the table with our requirements for how we ask that you would be praised in all of them, in every way, God, that our lives would look like a hallelujah as we drive, that we would look, God, and, and that we would embody what it means to be the aroma of Christ in our cities, and for sure, if there's opportunities for the broken in spirit, the broken in body, those who are very low, carrying too much, those who are caught in sin even, God. I, I love the song I've been listening to recently that talks about those who are in sin that just don't feel like they have a place to hide. And that, that draws people away from you. And I just pray that you would be the hiding place, that they would now hide in you that we wouldn't want, wouldn't want to run from you in that, but the ones that are broken in our addictions and in our, that we would find a place to hide in you, that it would feel like we're liberated in you, but it would even move beyond that to those around us. So help us today to sing songs to remember. Help us today to give testimony, to remember, and help us to not stop telling the story so our kids can hear about the God of Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. They can hear about the God who 
brought a people into a new land, gave a name to a, a son, renamed someone, calls his sons and daughters homes, calls all of us the beloved. So for the next few moments, we're gonna create some space for people to share their hallelujah about what God did yesterday at Love Smyrna. The microphone is somewhere. It's behind me. People keep getting up to leave the room and I'm like, oh, here it comes, it's starting. And they're just going, love you, Reese. <laughs> oh, nice. Good morning again. This is less of a testimony, but an invitation that River City is also smart. And so we do have some produce bags that will be downstairs at the table um, for you all to grab on the way out. Um, as we think about creating space and living in love, part of that is making sure that we're taking care of our body as well. And so we just invite those who um, need it or just want it to go down to the table and grab a bag of produce at the end of service. Thanks. I want to share a testimony about Eli. Um, yesterday, we had a prayer booth set up for... we for those who might want prayer, might choose that. And um, for me, the biggest moment that I was so grateful for was having Eli there to translate um, to this family we were praying for. And it was just the most beautiful moment. Like I couldn't say to them what I felt like God was telling me or sharing but his ability to step in and like I could feel his whole heart um, even more than my heart as he was just translating in Spanish for them. And um, there was just this moment where it was like, man, this is gonna be a long, long time. And I felt like every person in that circle who was praying was so okay with that. Like if we're here for an hour, it's fine. And I just saw Eli's heart in a way that um, of course, I hadn't got to see in him yet, but it was almost like seeing a part of God's heart um, in a different way yesterday, just the willingness of people to step in and literally just translate into a language where their heart can really hear and understand um, what we want to communicate. And just that breakdown of communicating heart language with people, um, I think, is a really beautiful space for God to even wink at us to move forward into deeper and to really get connected to the people in our city that look different from us, that worship different from us, that even speak a different language than us. They're all around our city. Our city is very diverse. James and I moved from the most diverse we could place we could find to live in the city. That's where we lived. Um, we saw hardly any white people and we moved to Smyrna and I was kind of bummed about it. I didn't know anything about Smyrna. And as soon as we moved on South Cobb Drive, I said, James, oh my gosh, just drive down South Cobb. Like the nations are here with us. Um, and I think it's just, just the very tedious beginning of where God is like really 
proceeding with a giant parade to lead us towards the people that he wants us to learn God's heart from, Mm. not to give to them, not to take Jesus with our banner, but to literally experience his face, his heart, um, as we connect and we get to meet those people that look like him and that know him so deeply. Um, they're right around us. They're all around us. They're shopping with us at Publix and they're walking around us when we get our gas. Um, and I noticed that right after Love Smyrna, I noticed I went to Publix and I was like feeling the brokenness around me and I was hearing the conversations and looking into eyeballs and I was like, man, there is so much need even at Publix. Like this whole Los Smyrna could have just, we could have taken all our volunteers and just hung out at Publix all day <laughs> and met needs because the hearts are so broken and so stressed and so anxious and so weary. Um, and we have the thing, the gift that gives them everything they need. We don't have to do, we don't have to provide their needs. We just have to let them know the person that we know um, and let him trust him to take care of them. That's my testimony. I'm done talking today. Christina. Yeah, if you want to come, just come on up. Give it up for Jordan for also doing worship for the first time with us today. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so I got the awesome privilege of being able to go celebrate our Braves on Friday on the parade. And um, I was just struck with this immense unity in the city that I hadn't felt in a long time um, just because of just how divisive everything has been in the last couple of years and the different political sides and race groups and all the things. And it just filled my heart just to feel that unity. And um, coming to Love Smyrna yesterday, um, I felt that continue um, in a way that everyone that we talked to, everyone that we saw was just so full of joy and thankfulness and it was really convicting to me because I feel like I focus so much on the divisiveness and the negative um, in our community in Atlanta because there's so much of it. But um, and seeing the parade and seeing yesterday and all the smiling faces and the joy and the love that wasn't political or, or racial or anything. It was just people loving people and being connected to each other in the community. Um, and I think that it was just everyone that volunteered, it was so impactful for all the volunteers as well as all the people that came just to be able to, to love on people um, and, and to love on each other. So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, I was just really impressed. You were talking about the next generation. So all the kids that were there how it was impacting them and the joy and they were just doing backflips literally (laughs) and they just um you could just feel the joy in the young people and how it was having a real effect on them so talking about the next generation i think they got a real blessing from it awesome Speaking of the younger generation, I want to give props to Becca because my favorite moment was when the young girl, you might even know her name, uh, Becca gave her space to sing a worship song and 
she didn't even need an audience because a lot of the time her eyes were closed. But I was just standing there so moved by this opportunity that this young girl was given to sing a worship song, mm -hmm. not needing an audience, but getting an audience. And Becca, you gave her that space. And that was such a, a blessing to me, and I'm sure it was to her and the, the parents. The parents of the kids were also blessed by seeing their kids doing the, the backflips and dancing and getting to sing, and it was, it was a real source of joy. Telling you. Okay, all right. Here he comes. Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> um, I want to give a big shout out to Jonathan for setting up the medical table yesterday. It was a really great turnout, I'll say. And first off, I want to praise God that I only had to give out like one band aid yesterday. With, with those blow ups, you can either expect one or a thousand injuries. So that was a blessing in itself. Um, there were just so many volunteers that came out of nowhere yesterday. I think there was what, just supposed to be three of us, and there ended up being six nurses that just came out of nowhere to help. Yeah, so praise God for that and how the community came together. And just one lady in particular that we were able to serve yesterday who just came from Nigeria three weeks ago, is brand new to the US, came to this event and was asking me, hey, I just graduated medical school. I'm a doctor and I'm looking to practice here in the United States. How can I plug in and volunteer in this community? I'm like. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I, like, I've been here two years and I'm not really sure how to answer that question. <laughs> um, so let me set you up with people who do. So this community is just full of great people and um, people who need help and people who are willing to help. And so God bless Smyrna and what all we can do here. Okay, so I know people keep talking about Love Smyrna as like a whole, and as a whole it was awesome, but like just the little details that went into it made it so much better, because like I helped Laura in the flower booth, and like she brought these little cards, and we got to write messages for each person who got a flower bouquet, and I thought that was really important and humbling. Thanks, Layla. Awesome, Layla. Thomas, you I just want to thank all the volunteers that came out yesterday, um, yeah, were awesome. Especially the pastor, him, Bill, you know, you were all awesome. Uh, I wanted to volunteer yesterday, but they, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> um, but I do want to say that uh, this church has been a real big help to me. And I want to, you know, would love to turn turn the paper around and be able to help here whenever. And um, because see, Tillman was here yesterday too, and I do a lot of volunteer work there. And uh, of course, they, you know, they help me, and I help, you know, I help them. It's like when. My buddy Alan, you know, he couldn't come yesterday, but Bruce was here. And when they're not around Tillman, 
And I'm kind of like their security dog. You know, I look after the place. And that's what, I'm, that's what I want to do in the community is to help people. But also, if I see something that's not right, you know, say something and do something. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Hey, I'm gonna echo uh, Thomas's comment about the on Tillman House. Uh, I got to talk to them a little bit, and they do a whole, whole lot. Uh, e- Eli and I were just, you know, hey, so what are the things, some things you guys do? And then, like, 15 minutes later, and they're like, oh, I, just can't, I can't remember all the things <laughs> that we do, but I'm sure there's more. Like, just things like uh, a lot of like AA meetings, like 15 of those like kind of anonymous uh, addiction groups. I kind of meet uh, diaper drives, um, yeah, like often. So I think it's really cool because it's like someone that we can partner with, and they have a building, and they're kind of set up to like already serve a whole bunch of people in practical ways. So I'm testify about that. <laughs> Amen, brother. John. Maybe one more after this, and then we're, we're going to praise God together. Okay, so um, I was thinking about it a lot yesterday because it really impacted my whole day. It didn't just stop after Love mm-hmm. Smyrna. It went through my whole day. And I remember at school last week, I was talking to my friend about how greedy we are in always wanting and always like needing more, even though we already have like the simplest things. And just being there and seeing kids get coats and seeing kids make crafts that they could use all the time and their smiles and their joy and like working in the flower booth and just seeing people smiling from getting just a simple bouquet of flowers and the joy that came from that just like it resonated with me a lot and I really felt like like we were supposed to be there we were supposed to be doing that and I just really appreciated like being able to love on people and not just think about myself for once. Thank you. Bless. If you guys would stand with me. Oh, it's me. I'm sorry. Marcus turned my piano off, so I can't hear it anymore. (laughs) Y'all can hear it? Okay, great. Here we go. Ready? 
and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly So Jesus, as we go into our city, I pray that we would worship you 100% of the time this week. We would see our neighbors and that you would be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.